0: Do you see any possibility for all companies to reach net zero? Could that shrink?
1: Yes, it can shrink. But could it be net zero? That is questionable. We have net zero commitments by several oil companies. Many of them have net zero commitments, net zero targets. They want to go net zero by 2050, 2060, 2070, whatever. And the way to do that is for a world that does not rely on fossil fuel because the moment you start using the products of the fossil fuel industry, there will be emissions. There is no way in which you can basically a fossil fuel company can become net zero without the world actually weaning off of
0: all of the fossil fuel products. Products that we know are everywhere. We can say just looking at the objects we own, the houses we live in and the tools we use in our day-to-day life. This makes fossil fuel almost essential already. But can fossil fuel companies do anything to reduce emissions from their own activity and processes? So, how could that happen? Now, Number one
1: is to look at what are the the various phases in the manufacture or production of the fossil fuel itself. So, you start off with the drilling process and extraction, be it oil or it is gas or coal, you basically start there and then there is processing and you then have transportation of the fuel and then it is split into various components, various molecules as we call it, which can then be used for various purposes. These molecules could be petrol that we can use as fuel in our cars and motorbikes and whatever. It could be diesel. It could be an output into the plastics industry. There's a whole area of petrochemicals which is used everywhere in our life. And we also have plastics which are everywhere in in the packaging, etc. So all this is, I would say, the outputs of the fossil fuel company. So we kind of split this into three parts in a typical greenhouse gas emissions protocol, we call it scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope one is mainly the own emissions of the oil company itself. This is in the process, how they manufacture the fuel, et cetera, et cetera, how they extract it and how they refine it, the entire process. Scope two is the energy usage. And we all know that extracting fossil fuels like oil and gas is definitely a very energy intensive process. And in scope three, the major portion with respect to an oil company. there are lots of other, lots of categories within scope three. The major portion is the actual usage by the end consumer where you're pouring petrol, you're filling up your,
0: your car and you're, and, you're, and you're driving it as an example. Let's tackle them one by one. What can be done to reduce emissions at each stage or scope? In scope one,
1: do they have opportunities to reduce emissions? Yes, they do. And this can happen in multiple ways. One is if they start reducing the flaring, if you see any of the images of oil and gas companies, where they show it, show this in the news and all that, you will see a chimney and on top of it, there is a flame. And that is something that is wasted energy. There are now various ways in which you can identify whether the oil or the gas is being produced. And you don't need flaring as an indication through which you can identify whether the plant is working or not. They can reduce flaring, definitely. And reducing venting. Venting is basically the process by which when you're extracting fossil fuel, what you do is you pump water into the oil well at a very high pressure, in order to go into the uh, deep and then push the oil or the gas, oil and the gas, usually it is both together. It comes out through the other way, right? And uh, venting is a process by which you know what happens is when the gas starts coming out at a very high pressure, you have to reduce the pressure to the point where it can still be transported through the pipes into the storage, etc., etc. There are mechanisms by which you can reduce venting, which means that the gas does not escape into the atmosphere. And when the gas escapes, what happens is basically methane that goes out. And it is 40 times, forty anywhere between 40 and 100 times the amount of carbon so you can stop venting. That's scope one related interventions that they can do. And many of the oil companies have plans for doing such kind of interventions.
0: Okay, so we have flaring and venting in scope one. What can we do in scope two? In scope two, we said this is more towards how much of energy
1: is being used by the oil company in order to produce its goods. And a lot of that energy comes from fossil fuel itself. So they extract oil. Some of it is being used in the plant itself in order to to fuel the plant and basically use that energy or pump water into this, keep your lights on, keeps all, all the sensors running, extracting the, the fuel, transporting it, Exactly. There are ways in which you can improve the energy efficiency, first of all. And as per most recent research, many of the oil companies also plan to bring in renewables in the offshore location itself, so that their usage of energy in order to produce fossil fuel can be reduced. Right. So in that process, what happens is you're using renewable energy. First of all, you uh, improve the efficiency of the plant, thereby reducing your, your energy usage. And secondly, we can bring in renewables in order to supplement the fossil fuel that is being used in order to supply the plant itself. These two mechanisms are possible within the scope two area.
0: So in scope two, we have an optimization of the energy consumption of the plants, which can be potentially supported also with renewable energy. What about scope three instead? Scope three is a completely different
1: game altogether. If an oil company has to reduce scope three emissions and go really net zero, as many of the oil companies are talking about, it requires extensive usage of capital because the amount of work that needs to be done in order to reach, I can say, I don't know if there is a real term like gross zero because it cannot be net zero for sure. I would probably say it can be gross zero because it will never be zero and it will never get to the point where all of the excess emissions can be captured by carbon capture systems and whatever and it becomes zero. In the current scheme of things, that level of technology does not exist in scope three, for sure, that does not exist. But what is possible in order to to reduce scope three emissions is first of all electrification, offshore electrification, that can definitely be a very good alternative that can be done. And it can reduce nearly, I can say, and a lot of the more than half of the emissions that come in the other area that, that they can also do is you know they can localize the energy usage from there so some of the oil companies that we were we have been researching on and we've been monitoring and we've been talking to they are working on building what we call like a integrated energy hub so There are a few in the UK, like there is one in a Humberside cluster and there is a North Sea cluster where oil companies, what they've done is uh, offshore units and the onshore businesses that they supply have become part of an integrated energy hub. And there is also uh, a number of experiments for carbon capture and storage in these hubs. So hydrogen is Technically, I can say zero emission fuel because the byproduct that you are going to get after burning hydrogen is going to be water. There's no other byproduct. But how do you produce the hydrogen? A lot of the hydrogen today is actually produced by fossil fuel companies. It is fossil fuel that is producing hydrogen, but in that process, it generates emissions, CO2 emissions that come out as part of the the process. And a number of units have come up where they capture the emitted CO2, we call this as a post-production carbon capture. They take that and it is basically stored under the ground and can be converted into other molecules and whatever. But, But at this particular point of time, we make sure that emission does not go away. These are all
0: methods, but obviously these are very capital intensive. Interesting. And Are institutions doing anything to support this process? The the UK has recently
1: announced a grant of 170 million pounds for industrial decarbonization. And when when they say 170 million grant, that 170 million grant has to be coupled, I would say, with at least 10 times of that amount of money as match funding, because only then you will be able to execute the project freely because the grant is going to be very much uh, use and claim kind of, a, uh, kind of a model. So when I saw that news saying $170 million granted for industrial decarbonization and they called out some of these clusters that I was talking about, I looked at it and then I said, okay, $170 million grant, you're talking at least a billion in expenditure, really. Only then you will be able to claim the, the actual grant because the grant does not pay for everything. It doesn't pay for your salaries and whatever, right? And, uh, you know, you obviously need to employ people in order to rule this. And on top of it, if you're going to claim that much in in grant money, you're going to be spending at least 10 10 times of that. So these are definitely possible, but these are very capital-intensive mechanisms. But even if you did that, I would say they will probably reach a state of, gross zero and not net zero because reaching net zero would be impossible in the current technology landscape that we have right now. And yeah, there are experiments that are still being done. Could be other new mechanisms that come up. But As of today, that wouldn't be possible. Wouldn't be net zero they can reduce emissions. I think
0: this sure. is, is quite interesting as this might be already not something that is very clear to most people. Uh, we just don't know how, basically, get this industry to net zero. But also, one thing that I found very interesting that you were saying before is to really get to net zero here, we need to basically revolutionize our societies and the way it functions. Um, it needs yes. to be such a radical yes. shift. Like, not just in the, the industry side of things, but also like how we live, how we do things, which is definitely a very complex challenge.
1: Very so, true. Um, very true.
0: So very true. It's, I think it's, it's a really interesting to clarify this point. The oil industry probably, you know from what we know, cannot, can never reach net zero. But it's also interesting to see, for example, in scope one, things, emissions could be reduced by 40%. That's really quite a lot. So it's definitely, you know, not yeah. something we should yeah. put, put aside and say, okay, we cannot do anything about this. So like, we are doomed. No, we can still do a lot. Yeah,
1: we can still reduce emissions, definitely. So, yeah,
0: that is definitely
1: work that can be done. That can, you know, emissions, can it can they reduce emissions?
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. There is lots of work that can be done. done. And, and probably that should reduce. be done as well for everyone's good. Yes, yes. Uh, So talking about like the intensity of you know of the impact that oil companies have, can we put it down in numbers in terms of emissions? Do we have a measure of you know the impact of all companies? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. In
1: 2022, oil companies had a had an overall emission of around 5.2 billion tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. That's global aggregate of all of the oil and gas companies together, right? So in comparison, the UK is about 500 million tons of CO2 equivalent. Now you're talking 5.2 billion just for one industry alone. And basically that is, I would say, largely the measurement is more accurate in scope one and scope two, while most of the analysts have taken appro- approximate numbers for scope 3. It is 5.2, but it could be much higher. But in reality, you know, even 5.2 is a very large number. So is there a way to reduce that 5.2? The answer is yes. We talked of scope 1 and scope 2, but the bigger animal is scope 3, where we are all fossil fuel dependent. Yeah. So if we start weaning away from fossil fuel in, in our daily lives, that is how this 5.2 billion tons of CO2 equivalent emissions can slowly reduce as we go all the way towards 2050.
0: This will need a radical shift in our society. So fossil fuel companies, from what we know today, cannot reach net zero. But a lot can be done to at least reduce their own emissions by optimizing their processes and we are also able to keep track of the progress made. But as we try to complete the picture, a big existential question arises. Can we do anything to reduce the usage of fossil fuel as a society? We'll cover this in the next chapter.